Hello and welcome to the Weather of the Mind podcast. I'm your host, Doug Krish. Good day to you. Today's episode is about hosting a skewered barbecue. How to host a skewer-oriented barbecue feast. And this is a, a bit of a reflective podcast because I gave myself this little challenge of... See, the thing is, when we're talking about getting people together and sharing food, food that's a pretty that's a pretty important human event but my apartment uh, you know some of us got small apartments I can't have 20 people in here my apartment's probably like good for a two to three person dinner party or one or two person but I want to have a dinner party with 20 people so once the weather is nice if you can have a picnic or a barbecue at the park well you could host 20 people and that was exactly the idea here. I wanted to host a mid-May, Thursday afternoon, barbecue party. Well, I wanted to host a party for 20 people. And I was thinking, do I want to do picnic or barbecue? And when I spoke to some of the people, some of the people coming to the event, it was definitely interesting. Let's have a barbecue. So it was on. So the idea was... I'm going to host this 20-person barbecue. But the thing about a barbecue is you don't have to provide everything to be the host. You have to provide the main... You have to pick the spot. You have to plan it. You have to organize the list of invitees. Um, and I think my goal is I wanted to provide the fire and the main course, which is going to be vegetable and chicken skewers. And other people could bring drinks and chips or appetizers, desserts. So that was kind of the original um, idea for the event. And so, you know, I'm planning out my menu. I'm thinking out what vegetables I want to skewer. And I don't even know why I had this big desire to have a skewered-oriented barbecue. But I guess I've just had skewers in the past and thought, damn. Eating this barbecue food off the stick is absolutely delightful. So I'm thinking skewers, right? I have this vision in my head for the skewer barbecue. And I have my menu. I'm starting to think of what vegetables would be nice. And I think about, let's definitely do red onion. Let's do some yellow and green squash. Some mushroom. Bell pepper. And chicken. And then one other ingredient, which I decided to add in there. Can you guess what I'm missing? We got the red onion, we got the squash, mushroom, bell pepper, and we got, I mean, I'm, we're going to buy some chicken. So what other vegetable or fruit? Pina, the pineapple. Oh, pineapple turns out to be one of the uh, great heroes of this, of this story. So definitely think about that pineapple. I'm trying to figure, I got 20 people, so I want to, I'm running my numbers like it's the, you know, like I'm catering in the event and thinking, oh, how much, you know, how, how much is each person going to eat? Uh, maybe a quarter pound of chicken and maybe, you know, how much peppers and onions and squash. So I figure it out and I go and I buy three and a half pounds of red onions about seven medium yellow and green squashes, about three pounds worth. I get a 24 ounce package of baby Bella mushrooms. 
I got six bell peppers, yellow, orange, and red. I get one pineapple. And I get about four, four and a half pounds of organic chicken thighs. The thinking was, I can't afford to get buy all organic for all my ingredients, so let me prioritize the animal products. And then when I was looking at the chicken, chicken thighs, um, I think, uh, have a little bit more fat to them than chicken breasts. And they're also a little bit cheaper. So I was able to grab that chicken. Uh, those are my main ingredients. So as I'm going through the store to prepare ingredients, I also got to buy some charcoal. So with charcoal, the decision is, you see a lot of people get the, you know, the briquettes that are shaped like, kind of like ice cubes. And they, they get those and they, they put on lighter fluid and they light it up, boom. And I knew that was an option, but I was thinking, I'm always trying to, if I'm gonna host an event, I want it to be as healthy as possible, less toxins, and less waste. So when it came to the charcoal, did a little research. They have these type of briquettes called natural briquettes. So they're not doused in flammable chemicals. They're just charred, half-charred wood. You know, more basic charcoal. So I got a 10-pound bag of that. And what I, the way I was going to use that is not have lighter fluid, but instead bring a few old newspapers that I could roll up as kindling. And before the party, I went uh, over to the local cemetery and picked up, picked up like a, you know, a bag full of, of kindling. Small, small twigs, small, you know, narrower twigs than our, our fingers. So I pretty much have my fire ingredients. Check that off. And I knew at the park we'd have a grill. And it's like the grill at the park, uh, at the park is going to be, you know, one of those classic grills. Like they haven't changed this model since 1940s or 50s, maybe the 1920s. It's just a, a steel grill. It feels like if you drew over your car into it, it, your car would get wrecked and the barbecue would remain. Pretty much invincible grill. So get my plans together, pick the location. If you pick in the location and it's in a park, you want to grab a, a screenshot of a map of the park and you want to, you know, on the computer, put an X over where you're going to be at. Because, you know, you have to get there early and find a, a barbecue spot. But on Thursday afternoon, getting down there at 3 o'clock, I figure I'm going to be able to pick my spot. Now the party's going to be, well, this party already happened, but the plan for the party was Thursday afternoon, 3 o'clock till dark, middle of May, and this is down at Stewart Park in Ithaca. So Stewart Park is a wonderful city park, and it's basically where the city of, the city of Ithaca abuts the southern end of Cayuga Lake. So at this southern end, they preserve, uh, the city preserved this land as a public park. And it used to be called Renwick Park. And about 100 years ago, they had a silent movie studio, I believe, in the park. And they did a lot of silent movie filming in the park. So that's kind of a cool historical, uh, you know, 1920s Hollywood anecdote. So this is Stewart Park. And a few days before the barbecue, before I went and shopped for the ingredients, I checked the weather. It looked like it's going to be 
95% chance of being awesome weather. So weather's good to go. Menu is good to go. I got RSVPs, so I'm, I'm planning for 20 guests. So I have my approximate numbers. When I went to prepare for it, I, I went to go buy these skewers. Go to the local Wegmans and they're out of wood skewers. You know, early season run on barbecue skewers. So I go to a few other spots, cannot find wood skewers. So here's where the, 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 the first twist of this story comes. Now I was disappointed I didn't have wood skewers because I sort of just envisioned people walking around, you know, with a wood skewer in their hand, chomping on some nicely charred uh, bell pepper or a piece of chicken. And sort of like a little smorgas, a sort of mixed bag, you know, of different, different ingredients on each wood skewer. But alas, there were no wood skewers in town. So I had to settle for a package of, I think, 12 metal skewers. So now I got 12 metal skewers. So that's going to change the plan a little bit. People aren't going to be walking around with metal skewers. Instead, the plan will be to just cook all the chicken on one skewer all the onions on one skewer, etc. And then once things are cooked, I purchase like a, a semi reusable four inch hotel pan, like a serving, a serving bin, if you will, for a serving platter, sounds more elegant, for when things came off the barbecue. So I'm taking care of the fire. That's gonna be my plan and the main course. If you're doing this kind of plan, you ask your guests, you say, hey, can you contribute uh, oh, bring BYOB or, or drinks? That, that's a standard, right? And you say, hey, bring your own water bottles too so we have less waste. You want to find somebody who has a cooler and can be in charge of bringing a cooler and ice. That's an important thing. And people bring their own drinks, so drinks are covered. I brought a, a, a sleeve of cups in case people needed cups. So I also asked people if they wanted to bring an appetizer um, or a dessert or some chips, you know, that sort of thing. What you want to do if you're hosting a party, you could ask people to contribute things. You just don't want it to be a burden. You want people to show up. So I let people know, listen, you can't contribute because you're busy or you don't have the money or anything. Just show up. We got it. We got plenty of food. So as the host, you want to be making plenty of food. You don't want to run out of the main course. In addition to the, the ingredients for the skewers, the vegetables, the piña, and the chicken, I also brought, uh, bought 16 hot dogs and, and, and buns and a slew of condiments. So I'm going through the day, I'm thinking, what else do I need to bring supply-wise? And I thought, oh, let me pack a tablecloth. Let me pack um, some knives and some cutting boards. And here's a good one. I wouldn't have, I almost forgot, rubber gloves. Because people want to help out at barbecues. So some people would like to, you know, work the grill. Other people would like to help prep cook. Because at any social gathering, some people, they want to help rather than small talk. They like to have a task to do and rather than just like sit around and sip on a, a beverine. And of course, as expected, there are people who are like, yeah, I want to help. So we had like probably two people, two to three of us making skewers. Well, I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself. We'll get to that. Well, let me mention a few more preparations before we get to the main event. I bought paper plates, really nice thin ones that would be pretty compostable. And 
instead of bringing a lot of plastic cutlery, I actually went to the reuse store and picked up 15 to 20 forks and some spoons and I brought some plastic cutlery that I had left over. Again, just trying to get creative and uh, cut down on waste. Because now that I've hosted this barbecue, there's some things I can reuse, like the metal skewers, 15 to 20 forks and spoons, uh, my four inch hotel pan. Uh, I also bought one gallon bags, and the one gallon bags would be kind of important. So now let's fast forward. It's the day of the event. We have, we're gonna get to the park at three o'clock, gonna have a fire going, and you know, start cooking by four or four thirty. People are gonna hang out four till eight thirty at night. So it's all coming together. So you want to leave yourself about two to th maybe it might be more than two hours of prep. Eh, we'll call it two hours. You got your big one gallon bags, you got your cutting board, you put on some tunes, and it's time to just cut up your ingredients. Like we said, we have you know three to three and a half pounds of red onions, seven medium squash, 24 ounces of baby bella mushrooms, six bell peppers, a pineapple, and four and a half pounds of chicken thighs. So the key here is like, when you're prep cooking for any meal or event, is think about the size. What size, how do you want things to cook evenly? So you want to think, you want things to be similar sizes so they cook at the same rate. And then secondly, how are people eating these? Are they, are they cutting them or do you want them to be bite size? I would say I made mine about, kind of like two bite size. Um, you know, probably like an inch, probably average like an inch and a half size, an inch and a half by an inch and a half pieces of red onion or squash, maybe a little bit smaller. You can go an inch, inch and a half. You cut up all your red onion and you put them in a, your bag, you put the bag in the fridge, cut up all your squash, put them in the bag, put the bag in the fridge. Now you could do this the night before, but prep cooking and cutting vegetables the closer to when they're being used, the better, so they're fresher. So doing them the day of was no problem in this case. I had a few hours in the morning. When you get to the chicken, same thing, thinking about what size do I want this to be? What size would be nice for uh, our guests to enjoy? And I probably settle on, uh, I, think, I think the inch to inch and a half range seems about right. So you got these all prepped up. Now, the next thing, once you have all these bags prepped up and in your fridge, is we're going to we're going to make a Cajun dry rub for our chicken. So the way we're going to treat the chicken is we're going to give it a dry rub about three to four hours before we're going to cook it, and then we're going to cook it on the grill for like 10 to 15 minutes on the skewers, and then in the last two to three minutes. We're gonna take our brush out, we're gonna brush barbecue sauce, kind of finish with barbecue sauce, and then cook that for the last two or three minutes. So it's pretty exciting. And I love my spices, and I got a full, full assortment of spices here. So I found a Cajun rub recipe online, and I'll just read through it quick. You get two tablespoons, I'll go from the, the biggest ingredient to the smallest ingredient, in terms of uh, uh, volume. Two tablespoons of paprika, one tablespoon of black pepper, one tablespoon of cumin, one tablespoon of brown sugar, one tablespoon of salt, 
two teaspoons of coriander, one teaspoon of thyme, one teaspoon of cayenne, half a teaspoon of garlic powder, and a half a teaspoon of allspice. So I had these either ground or I ground them up fresh, and I just mixed that Cajun rub together. Now you have that Cajun rub, and you take your chicken out of the fridge, and you put your chicken, or at least half of it, or you know, at a time, into a big mixing bowl. You cut basically a, a, a generous layer of the spice blend all over the chicken. You turn them around, you turn them over, you just toss them. You, I do a little bit of massaging, a little, I, I do a little rubbing with my spice rub, but really you want to just cover and coat uh, all these pieces of chicken. And, and that's a great thing about having these small pieces. A lot of surface area, a lot of flavor. And that's true for all these ingredients. Maybe that's part of the, um, one of the great things of skewering is you're grilling small pieces. So you get a lot of surface area to char and, and mix and have these flavors. Okay, so we got our chicken. Now we did that dry rub, we said like three to four hours before it's gonna go on the grill, put it back in the fridge. Now I thought about marinating my vegetables now, you know, at that point, three hours before, but I decided that they might get a little bit too like soggy from being marinated too far ahead of time. So I decided that I would marinate on site after the fire was started. So get to the park, time to start the fire. Unload, unload the stuff from the, from the car. Pick our spots good, we got two tables and a grill. Great setup for a lot of people. Throw a tablecloth down, get a little kitchen spot on the table oriented and set up. Get started on that fire. So take the newspaper, take one piece at a time or two pieces and roll them up. Turning newspaper into very good kindling. Put your kindling in there and get that going. Get that started up. Don't forget to bring a lighter or some matches. Once the sticks catch, I'll start layering on that natural briquettes. So the fire's going, people are starting to show up. The weather is amazing, like 75 degrees, gentle breeze, just a great, great day for an outdoor feast. So things are looking looking up, people are psyched. We got, we're, we're starting to hand out rubber gloves to the people who wanna help out and we're starting to make a little assembly line. All I got to do is marinate these vegetables and toss them a bit and then we can start skewering them up. So for the vegetable marinade, for each of the bags, the red onion bag, the squash bag, the mushroom bag, each of these holding about two to three pounds of, of vegetables, I would take a quarter cup of olive oil and a teaspoon of sea salt and a half a teaspoon of black pepper. I'd mix that up and I'd, to or I'd just toss it in the bag and toss it all around. So a pretty simple marinade. And again, this marinade was on ideally maybe a half an hour before the vegetables would be grilled. But we would be end up grilling the vegetables for a few hours and the ones that were marinated for a few hours were still fine. Again, if you're using nice fresh vegetables and you just cut them a few hours beforehand, they're gonna be pretty resilient. If you have wooden skewers, by the way, they say soak them like an hour or two ahead of time for a half an hour just so they have moisture in them and they don't go on fire. 
that's the wood skewers tip. But I'm a metal skewer guy, I think, now. I mean, it is fun to eat food right off of the stick. But the benefit of the metal skewers... Well, first of all, they're really long. They're really long skewers, like maybe 12 inches. But putting all chicken on one skewer and all red onions on one skewer and all pineapple on one skewer... First of all, it looked very pretty. And second of all, it allowed you to really dial in your chicken cooking or your pineapple cooking. Because it's a little bit tricky to get your sizing and timing right. Because I found that the chi- I wanted to cook the chicken a little bit longer than I wanted to cook the vegetables and the pineapple. So the pineapple and vegetables, they might have been on the fire for like... And again, it depends on how hot your fire is and how close your grill is. Our fire got going pretty good, and we were probably like three inches. Our grill was probably three inches above the above the coals, maybe ten to fifteen. Turn it a few times for the vegetables and the pina, and maybe like fifteen for the chicken. Now we mentioned marinating. We mentioned the Cajun rub, pineapple. Just cut it up and let it do its magic. It doesn't need any oil. Doesn't need anything. If you have a pineapple that's not fully ripe. That also is okay because the heat will kind of finish the ripening process and bring out those sugars. So the the pineapple is definitely, I'm getting hungry just talking about this. I want to do this, I want to replicate this. I mean, pretty much, this is like the first kind of cooking show I'm doing. But what I try to do, my model for cooking is I'm always trying to dial in a few of my favorite meals. Like when I said to do a skewer barbecue, I wanted to do the skewer barbecue, but I'm always trying to build a ritual, build something that's replicable, build something that I could become a semi-master at so I can show up and be like, or I, I got the skewers. After running through this, I feel like I can do this party again, no problem. But the first time, took a lot of research, dialing things in. That's why I figured I'd do a podcast about it. But I'm definitely going to do podcasts about meals that are just hidden gems, surprisingly healthy, surprisingly tasty. I mean, it, we I'll go through the numbers at the end. And it's just really amazing uh, how much wealth you can create by, by cooking and sharing that cooking. Okay, mild digression. So the fire's going. We have a few people, rubber gloves. And again, you don't need rubber gloves because everything's going on a hot heat. But it's kind of an, um, it's a, it's more of an aesthetic thing. People are eating and this and that. It just is, it's nice to see the prep cooks wearing gloves. Again, some company would not think twice if you were not wearing gloves. But I just figured, you know what, let's just have people wearing gloves. And uh, that worked out good. People felt pretty comfortable wearing the gloves. So what other ingredients did we forget? Did anything we leave at home? Uh, I also brought a garbage bag and a recycling bag and a compost bag and we got the fire going got people prepping together skewers once the fire is is hot i took um one of my i took one of my pan um like kind of like a a flipper like that type of spatula from my kitchen and i used that to kind of scrape down the grill from any gunk just so i had kind of a fresh grill to start with and um we're ready to start skewering so we threw those skewers on and um, just give them a rotate once or twice. Once they start getting a little bit of browned up, you kind of can tell aesthetically when the uh, when the grillables are, are looking right. 
People also brought some hot dogs in addition to the hot dogs I brought. People also brought some hamburgers. I also brought condiments. I brought mustards and barbecue sauce and relish and ketchup. Oh, I also brought napkins. So, you know, it's not that much to really think about. And I'll I'll put together a worksheet um, or a note sheet at some point in the next week and post it on the Weather of the Mind website. Kind of like a worksheet for figuring out how to host this type of party. Because it's pretty replicable and it's really, really awesome. So again, we finished with the barbecue sauce in the last two to three minutes of the chicken cooking. And then once everything was cooked, uh, you know, as it was coming off, we cooked on the grill, kept the skewers going for like two or three hours, kept burgers and hot dogs. That's kind of the fun of the barbecue party. It's like the fire is going. Let's keep the fire going. Keep on adding new briquettes every 20 or eh, 30 or 40 minutes. Let me just run through some of the numbers here on, on costs and, and what and on quantities. I had a 10-pound bag of briquettes, and that lasted for, well, I have about a quarter of it left, and it still lasted like three and a half hours. So on a normal, on a normal barbecue, and again, it would change a little bit if the wind was really blowing and the fire was burning really quick, but on a normal circumstances, a 10-pound bag was really good for hosting a three to four hour cook. So 10 pound bag, the natural briquettes were great. Bring a little newspaper, bring a little kindling. Chicken, I figured about quarter pound per person and I bought four and a half pounds. I had about a pound left over. So we used about maybe 70%, which again, that's fine because as a host, I wanna have extra food. Pina, oh, the, the whole pina went, but it was epic and it was such a nice compliment. I gotta give the MVP to our little chicken, rest in peace. Oh, but, and the, oh, the vegetables were so good, but the pina was just a beautiful, beautiful touch. Uh, unbelievable, unbelievable fruit and so hearty. So it has such great, it's so firm. It doesn't fall apart. You can grill it and it's just amazing. Bell peppers, yellow, orange, red. I I chopped up six of those. We chopped up six of those, and we used all of them at the party. Mushroom. I got a 24 ounce, like I said, and we used all pretty much all of that at the party. And squash. Uh, I got about seven medium squash. Those I had a bit left over. We used about two thirds. And the red onion, three three and a half pounds, and we used about 85 percent of that. So. That's pretty much the deal. Let's see. Oh, uh, I also took notes or kept track of this group. Uh, I said other people brought some hot dogs. As a group, we, we ate 22 hot dogs and people ate 12 burgers. So 22 hot dogs, 12 burgers, plus the ingredients that I bought. And there was someone else brought a, a, a salad and one or two people brought some dessert, someone brought a watermelon, everyone brought drinks, and we were loaded, uh, maybe some chippers. We had a great feast, we had great weather, we ended up feeding 23 people, and when I went back and went through receipts, I ended up spending like 120 bucks. 120 bucks to host a party for 
And again, I didn't supply everything, but to get the ball, you know, to be the host, to get the ball rolling, 120 bucks for 20 to 23 people, that's like, you know, we're talking like six, $6 a person if it's... And to be honest, if I were to do this party again next weekend, it would cost me a little bit less because some of those costs I wouldn't have to buy again. I have, I have my big gallon bags that I wash to reuse. I have my four inch hotel pan for serving. I have 12 metal skewers now. I would have to buy the basic ingredients and more charcoal. But I have a lot of the condiments left over. So I probably can throw this party for 20 people and spend 80 or 90 bucks. Which, that's what I'm talking about, creating wealth. To, to be able to go to a public park, so the, you're, you're, the rent on this venue is included in being a citizen or, or even just showing up to that park because no one's checking. You know, you, this is a public park, so... As long as you get there early enough to find a, a, a some picnic tables and a barbecue, it's kind of included in your taxes. So the venue, not having to rent a place for 20 people to throw a party is a great cost saver. Not having to pay a caterer is a great cost saver. So if you can organize a party and decide to host it and get people to bring a few of the necessary ingredients. Like, don't forget that cooler person with the ice. That's huge. If we can do this, we can host the main ingredients for like a hundred bucks. I mean, now that I talk about it again, I'm thinking I got to schedule the next one because it was a little stressful, but mostly because I didn't know if I'd do everything properly. But now I have the numbers and I have the confidence if I can just check the weather three days before, make sure we're good, bada bang. Here we are, the Weather of the Mind podcast, getting into food, because food is just a daily ritual. So if we can embrace and learn and enjoy these daily rituals, what does that mean? That means we're going to be better off, right? If we can also once in a while share these rituals with people we love and care about one person two people or 20 23 people well those are just special occasions and when you're sitting around a fire sharing food it's kind of one of those moments where you're like the human inside of me that existed a thousand or two thousand years ago like the part of my psyche my ancient human that resonates with these old philosophers that resonates with these old historical characters that resonates with our great 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 grandmother grandfather 25 generations back the part of our brain that is like yeah you know to share food with with people and be around that fire it's pretty, it's pretty grounding to the human spirit. It's pretty grounding to the human psyche, to the human soul. And to have the skills to host that and make that space happen is great. And it's not, it's not that unmanageable. It's, it's actually quite manageable and quite rewarding. So I wish you, I wish you some skewer barbecue good luck. And let me know what you think about wood skewers, metal skewers. You send me an email, weatherofthemind at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. Wishing you well, living and learning. I hope you are staying hydrated, getting that pulse, getting that blood flowing a few times a week, hopefully. And 
trying to be patient and loving with yourselves and others. And uh, we're living and learning. We're doing it. Give thanks. Peace to you, dear listener. Bye-bye.